God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, um, you know, uh, we just learned over the weekend that Joe Manchin is basically going to, well, he's not going to, uh, he's a no vote for the Build Back Better. But, you know, what's funny, we talked about this last week, and we pretty much talked about cinema and Manchin last week. And so what the world is waking up to today, the Scott Adams show was telling you last week. But beyond that, but the Build Back Better, it would have changed America, would would have raised inflation, would have given a billion dollars to Alaskan salmon preservation, uh, would have given, you know, all that pork. We talked about that last week, too. We talked about all this pork in the bill. We talked about all these gravy train Items, earmarks, if you want to call them that. But all these different things that were just government wasteful spending. And what does that do? That crushes an economy. That that raises our national debt. The Biden administration lied to us when they said that it was paid for. And of course, we knew it wasn't paid for. And then the CBC came out and said, no, it's not paid for. It's going to result in debt. It's going to result in... Uh, it was a really low number, actually, over the course of 10 years, something like $376 million. But, I mean, it was a low number, relatively speaking. I I know it would be a lot worse than that. And that, you know, but it's it's not just that. It, it's, it's about the amnesty. There were items in the Build Back Better that would have paint, uh, green-lighted amnesty to millions of illegal migrants. And it would have just basically opened up the floodgates because that would have been the precedent. Saying we did it for this people, this many people, why not all these people? And that's exactly how the Democrats do it. They they always sell you the brochure that looks okay because they could never be honest about their true feelings about America. They could never be true to you about 
you know, what their actual agenda is. They always have to lie and sneak like a snake oil salesman. They have to deceive you. They have to trick you. But we've bailed on that notion a long time ago. Now, I've never been a Democrat. I remember getting teary-eyed when I was 12 years old or somewhere in that neighborhood. Couldn't vote because I was too young. When Carter won, I knew that was a bad thing when Carter won because these Democrats aren't leaders. And then we got Reagan as a result of Carter. And we're going to get Trump as a result of Biden. Trump, he's everywhere these days, giving all kinds of great speeches, sending out all kinds of fundraising emails and all kinds of different things. He's on the prowl. He's definitely going to be the incumbent for the Republican Party. And the Republican Party has taken over new ownership. You know, like when there was CPAC, it's now TPAC. It's the Trump Party, not the Conservative Party. And yeah, we're not supportive of WinRed or Rona McDaniel or any of those. The whole infrastructure of the Republican Party has been flipped upside down, inside out. And it's a whole new party. And it's not just about Trump. Trump happens to be the person that had the leverage, had the capacity, had the ability, had the unique ingredients to pull it off because he basically came off like he didn't have a care in the world. He just called it what he, uh, the way he saw it. And the media hated him for it. The establishment elite hated him for it. But it was that America first policy that you can't deny as being the right thing to do for our country. And it's this bilateral trade philosophy that Trump has. It's his tough love when it comes to the Middle East approaching a board meeting or approaching a, a business deal with a business-like mindset. Which is what put the PLO, I mean the PLA, the uh, Palestinian Authority, PLA, which put them in their seats and created peace in the Middle East through the Abraham Accords. You know, where we hit Soleimani smack in the nose and said, sit down, Iran, and reversed those snapbacks and those sanctions and basically led NATO to be a stronger force throughout Europe, called out the globalists for their shenanigans, not paying their bills, talking out of both sides of their mouth. And this is where we are now. We, we benefited from all this. Fake news, CNN. We see now CNN is nothing but a pedophilia ring. No wonder they were covering up all this stuff. They found another person, another producer, that was fooling around with underage people. And you got Chris Como and all these other people. And from what I understand, CNN is probably going to get new management, which might move them closer to the center. If they lose CNN and Fox News, 
heading into the 2022-2024 elections, it's going to spell big trouble for the Democrats, and they know it. So last week we talked about it. We said this is, these are big wins because they were going to pivot from be, be, build back better. They were going to pivot. And everybody was, you know, people were listening to the squad. The squad is powerless now. They, because they're so ignorant, they can't be taken seriously. And even the Democrat base looks at the squad and seeing how they're treating their own. Joe Manchin voted to impeach President Trump. He turned a blind eye to due process. He didn't care about lady liberty, freedom of speech. He didn't care about justice when he turned a blind eye to due process. I'll never forgive him for that. He should never win another ever a re-election bid in West Virginia. Ever. In a state that went 30 to 40 points to the good for Donald Trump. There's no way that a Joe Manchin should ever win back his seat and get six more years. He is still going to be the spineless swine that he's always been. But even he can't get that far in the pig pen. Even he can't get that far in the mud. As far in the mud as what we've seen with the Democrat Party today. The squad. Basically, jihadis that hate America, like Ilhan Omar who sleeps with her brother or marries her brother to rig a system, to game our migration system. The thankless, ungrateful piece of dirt that Ilhan Omar is after we took her in and gave her shelter. And she exploited, just like every other migrant that hates America, that exploits our, our wealth, takes resources away from our children, and votes in a way that neutralizes your vote, and wants to change us to where, you know, Rand Paul, I think it was, said, I'll be happy to finance a flight for Ilhan Omar to go and visit Somalia because she apparently forgot what a dirtbag place that is. What Sharia law is all about. She couldn't speak up in Somalia like she does here in America and not get stoned to death. So, where's the gratitude? Where's the love for country? Where's the you know, where, 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 is the, where is the positive attitude for the greatest country in the world? The only country, the only country that's going to stand up for human rights, the only country that's going to protect your First Amendment speech, for your right to speech. The only country that's going to stand up against globalism. We're the only country left, folks. We're the only gig in town. We are the only gig in town. It's scary when you think about it. Boris Johnson gave up on England a long time ago. And the power structure in London with Amir Khan and 
all of that crap that's going on to just changing the fundamentals of who they are as a people. You know, we talked about it all last week about Benny Hill and and Monty Python and the Beatles. They've lost their mojo, if to quote Austin Powers. I lost my mojo. But they did. And they're not getting it back anytime soon. They gave it away. They should stand up and fight. But we got this now here in America. We're lucky because we have a republic. We have federalist society. We have power to the states. We have a different setup that protected us as people. We have an opportunity to not go down that same dirtbag path. The one that Fauci is pushing right now with more draconian mandates. And this is all part of a concerted effort to repress people, to keep people from making their own money, having their own independence, freedoms, choices, and the ability to actually just do for themselves and their family. You know, to protect their right to pray to whatever God they want, to exert their Christian values or to congregate at their church. It's these Gavin Newsom's of the world that want to use COVID as an excuse to deny you of that right to get together as a unified group at church. But they'll support and allow for something like Black Lives Matter. I would love to see these statistics with regard to the uh, flu season. How many people are getting the flu? Zero? How many people are getting Omicron? Or Delta? Or any one of these other strains and variations of a mutated virus that's more than likely coming from a bioengineered our DNA that's not even a vaccine that's morphed itself as a, re- a reaction to a man-made virus. It's not something you would ever find in the natural origins of life. A bioweapon. We've talked about Fauci being protected. It's the only reason why someone like that could be so brazen and bold. Do you think ba- Fauci has protection? He does. And he's out there on every talk show over this past Sunday spouting off at the mouth about doing doing both. Wear the mask that doesn't work. And then let's worry about the Omicron variant that seems to be spreading. The numbers are worse today than they were a year ago. Biden basically made a statement that said, Any president that oversees 200,000 losses should resign. Well, he's overseeing 800,000 losses. He should resign, according to his own litmus test. But he won't. Of course he won't. They're hypocrites. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. But let's get back to why we're winning. And I said this last week. Because this Build Back Better 
thing, this big, huge omnibus slush fund for Democrat cronies had a whole bunch of things in it that were not going to be good for our republic. All kinds of climate change initiatives. and Basically, when you talk about climate change spending, you're talking about buying scientists that support your agenda. It's sort of like Fauci creating his own letter, then referring to his own letters as reference points where they were circularly reported in the news and then making them as fact. When in fact the origin of the letters and of the documents and of the narrative came from you yourself. Mr. Bioweapon himself. I guarantee you the Pentagon is in on this. Did you hear the latest with the Pentagon? They're changing the dog tag requirements so that you can't put your religious, um, there's no space for your religious uh, beliefs or religion on your dog tag. I mean, I just read that over at the Gateway Pundit researching for this show. Just a little blip, but still, chip, chip, chip away. Same time, they're going to go ahead and finance transgender gender mutilation surgeries for the creepiest of the creepiest. The people that are mentally ill that somehow think that a male, a man can have a baby or nurse a baby. I mean, literally, that's what we're up against, folks. The same people that are telling you that there's more than two sexes and that men can have babies are the people that are supporting the science behind the Omicron, behind the COVID, behind the Delta, whatever. And look how many people, I mean, Cory Booker, uh, Elizabeth Warren, they all got sick this weekend. All these people are getting sick in the NFL, like hundreds of players. They've all been double, triple vaccinated with the boosters. And yet they still tell you to your face that if you're boosted and if you're... Well, the majority of the people getting sick are already vaccinated multiple times. Have the boosters. And they have the nerve to call it a breakthrough virus. And they don't even take numbers. They don't even calculate. We have to go to Israel to get the numbers for the breakthrough. Because they don't want to tell you the truth. That the vaccines really don't work. They just truncate your DNA. And might impact your ability to have children. And potentially cause myocarditis and other cardiac uh situations in your body related to blood pressure, blood clotting, swelling. So what does Pfizer do? Pfizer, we announced last week, they bought up Arena Pharmaceuticals for $6.7 billion. What does that do? That makes them rich. If we win, we win. And if we lose, we win. Is what they're saying. If our, if our drug, if our vaccine works, we win. And if our vaccine kills people, we still win because we bought out another pharmaceutical company that will actually cover that base too. That's called hedging your bets. They do it in Vegas all the time. I want to put a couple on red and a couple on blue. 
Maybe pick a number seven over here. I mean, they're gambling with people's lives, folks. These monsters. Absolute monsters. But we're winning, and that's the key. And we have to win. We don't have any more time to lose. And this is what made me so upset about all the wasted time through the media exploitation back in January, December and January, when there was so much stuff happening. There were so many people that dropped the ball and allowed the election rigging to happen. There were so many people getting paid off and getting rich off of the disaster disaster that was the November 2020 election. Mr. 81 million votes never, ever had the coattails to pull through for Jersey or Virginia. Now, yeah, they did win in uh, Jersey, but they had a million votes, and Murphy barely won. He was losing even after the election. They somehow came up with some votes in a trash bag somewhere in the death rows of the New York City suburbs in New Jersey where they bury, the mob buries their losses. Yeah. They found the votes to get Murphy over the top. But but really, this was, uh, you know, a huge win. Trump has the coattails. The Biden deep state, the aristocrats, the Brookings Institution losers, they're all getting found out not only through the Durham Russian hoax investigation or the Ukrainian hoax investigation, Fiona Hill and all those people, all those people that hated America, they hated Trump, they turned a blind eye to due process, they turned their back on our Constitution, and they tried to overthrow a sitting president, just like they did with Nixon with their Watergate scheme. And just like they did every second of the Trump presidency. But I guarantee you the stark contrast between winning and losing is never before going to have been seen. And we'll see it so clearly when Trump becomes president again. And people are going to realize what winning truly looks like. The Democrats couldn't see the forest from the trees because they were so blinded by Trump's golden blonde hair. They were so blinded by the false reporting and the misinformation. But now that we've seen that Don Lemon is, you know, a scoundrel, Chris Como is a scoundrel, Andrew Como is a rapist, You know, now that we've seen Matt Lauer and uh, Charlie Rose and all these people in media that were trusted prior to the Trump phenomenon, they were telling everybody that Trump was bad. The Avenatti's of the world, getting all that airtime, sucking up all that oxygen, telling us Trump was bad. They've all been discredited. 
In fact, every single body that came out. And we're going to learn maybe even more through the Ghislaine Maxwell situation. Did you hear about that? Ghislaine Maxwell, it's uh, in the jury's hands now. And we're going to learn this week about the, you know, the verdict in the trial. And she says if she goes down, she's naming names. Huh. George Mitchell comes to mind. John Richardson comes to mind. All Democrats, by the way. They were all on the manifest, the flight manifests, Orgy Island. That'll be something. You know, all the corruption in government. These people mysteriously dying or disappearing. We know what's up. We've seen a movie, and it was not a movie. It was real life. Over the last four years, what we've seen mimics everything we've ever seen in a political thriller in Washington, D.C. And we know, I mean, Leonore and I know all the Washingtonian elites. We're at, we're at functions all the time with them there. And we see how this all operates. All these conversations that take place. And all these people making promises. Getting paid huge sums of money through lobbying groups. To fulfill political agendas. But somewhere, somehow, God is looking over us and we are winning right now. This Build Back Better, when the Democrats said last week, and we talked about it last week, we're just learning about Manchin's definitive response. But, you know, he said no to the mask mandates. He said no to the filibuster. He said no, which the filibuster was a big one because... If they would have voted to discard the filibuster, they would have then gotten uh, to be able to pack the courts with 13 Supreme Court justices. They would have been able to pack the Senate by making D.C. and Puerto Rico and uh, Samoan uh, all states. These are all radically left properties that are connected with our country in some colonialist kind of way. Um, but we would have been able to, uh, they would have had six extra Democrats in the, in the Senate. They would have packed the Senate. That would have enabled them to even do a filibuster-proof vote to pack the courts, get rid of the filibuster itself, and the, the Republicans never would have gotten power back. Now, if Manchin were to flip and go from Democrat to Republican, then we would have Republican leadership in the Senate, which would enable the Senate to block a lot of the House bills like H.R. 1 and things like that. And, and that would be also great. Now, of course, Mitch McConnell is one of the worst of the worst in Washington. And I always thought that. Although, you know, I was trying to, back when President Trump was president, and uh, was trying to say, you know, Mitch has got this. Mitch is going to come through for Trump. And he had to. Because I think that Mitch was exposed to a lot of corruption. 
His nickname is Cocaine Mitch because his wife owns a family, owns a shipping company called Foremost Group. And Foremost Group had been pulled over in the Asian seas with all kinds of drugs on their boats. And that's why he got the nickname Cocaine Mitch. Of course, they swept it under the rug. Nobody goes to jail for anything. And, you know, he should have been resigned in disgrace. But no. In any case, President Trump did have a great interview over the weekend with Maria Bartiroma. And I want to play some of that so we can listen to Donald Trump's great voice and listen to what he has to say. I I queued up a lot about what he uh, was talking about and what the issues of the day are. But again, just to reiterate, Manchin's statement over on Fox News uh, Sunday, where Chris Wallace is gone, but they got Brett Baer just as, just as liberal as Chris Wallace, just as much of a Trump hater as Chris Wallace, so they're protected there. But yeah, so Manchin went on there and said he's a no vote to the Build Back Better. And last week they already knew it, so they were going to scrap Build Back Better. They're acting like they're surprised that Manchin's a no. I actually think they're trying to keep Manchin in their part, in their caucus, and get Manchin reelected. Because um, I, I still think Manchin's in danger of not getting reelected. I think it's possible. I would never vote for him because, again, he voted to impeach Donald Trump twice. He did what he was told as a good soldier. But the Build Back Better, that scrapped. They pivoted to the voter rights. I think that was an extension of H.R. 1. But in the Senate, it's the voter rights bill that they're calling it. And it's basically a voter fraud bill. It's kind of what they're trying to do with this Omicron, fear-mongering, is they want to extend this all the way into 2022 with a pack full of lies. And what they want to and ultimately do is have mail-in voting, right? I mean, that's what this is all about. Let's just call it what it is. They know that they could steal every election through mail-in voting because mail-in voting... Is one of those things where you don't need a person, and you can anybody that's illegal that got themselves registered to vote, or you could register them to vote. Turn that vote into a ballot. Turn that ballot into a vote. You could say you mailed it out, and you didn't even have to mail it. Just like we've seen evidence in the 2020 election of where they not only created the ballot, they mailed. They said they mailed it out and received it all in the same day. I've for year for almost a year now I've been talking about the QuickBooks invoice where I can the only thing that I need to create an invoice is an account. So if the illegal migrant is an account, I then create the invoice, say I mailed it, but I didn't mail it. I just created it. Then I took the credit card and paid it. That invoice was not only created, mailed and paid for services rendered and all of that could have been just made up. You know, if I were to teach somebody how to use QuickBooks, that's exactly, I would show them how to make an invoice. That's exactly how I'd do it. Well, that's the way they did it with votes and ballots and registrations. It's all almost virtual. 
where nothing really went out. And in some cases they did, but in many cases they didn't. But if they didn't receive the ballot, then the ballot somehow was received anyway. Give me all the ballots that weren't received as of the, this, this deadline. Okay, we're going to say they all came in and they all voted a certain way. See, mail-in balloting is how you rig elections. Ballot harvesting is another way to rig elections. This voting rights legislation that the Senate wanted to wrestle with is never going to pass because it's full of voter fraud. Colorado was a state where as soon as they embraced month-long voting, mail-in balloting, universal, that state never, ever went red again. That used to be a purple state, a red state to a purple state. It leaned red, but it was purple. And now it's a blue state and it'll never, ever be anything but because they got mail-in balloting. Pretty sad, right? No wonder the Democrats push it so hard because they can't lose. They're rigging the system. And you can't even prove it. Except we need more whistleblowers. We need more people with a conscience. And maybe it becomes, uh, maybe that's where you start to really see the breakup within the splintering of the Democrat Party. Because we're already seeing how they're treating and trashing Manchin. It would be interesting if Manchin did flip parties. But he'd probably go the way of Lieberman and be an independent. Lieberman left the Democrat Party and became an independent, remember? I don't think Manchin would go so far as to be a Republican. But then again, that might be the only way he wins West Virginia, which is a Republican state. Not necessarily an independent state. They're a red state. How Manchin even wins that state is beyond me. He pulls these stunts like this, where he says no to filibuster, no to vaccine mandates, and no to the Build Back Better omnibus huge budget bill. And saves, you know, helps save the republic. And then he becomes this hero, gets all this media attention, and maybe that's how he does it. All I know is he drives a Maserati and lives in a huge mansion and has a yacht. And he's from West Virginia. Poorest state in the country. Go figure. Here we go. I think the origins are so obvious. They came out of the Wuhan lab. And I think if anybody thinks anything differently, they're just kidding themselves. So you can ask, China has to pay. They have to do something. They have to pay reparations. And China doesn't have the money to pay those reparations. I believe that worldwide, I'm not just talking United States, worldwide, $60 trillion of damage, $60 trillion. China doesn't have $60 trillion. But they have to do something to make up what, for what they've done. What they've done to the world is so horrible. It's been horrible all over the world. And it doesn't stop. Remember, Biden was going to do a wonderful job on COVID, right? He was going to do a wonderful job. He's done a horrible job. Look at what's going on. Today, we set a record on cases, a record. This was supposed to be away. This would have been gone. 
And one of the reasons people don't take the vaccine is they don't trust Biden. If you remember, they did the pause on Johnson & Johnson. That was a very bad thing to do. That sounded so bad. You understand? Because people don't know about Johnson & Johnson. They did the pause on Johnson & Johnson. And even during the debates, I will never take the vaccine if Trump produces it. And then I produced it in nine months, less than nine months. And it was supposed to take five to 12 years. I did it in nine months. And the first one to get it, he, he got it in early December. And then even then, he made a speech where, I think it was his opening, he said that, like, he came up with a vaccine. This guy got the vaccine during my administration. They are big disinformation people. Would you have boycotted the 2022 China Olympics? No, because I watched Jimmy Carter do it, and it was terrible. It was terrible. Hurts the athletes. Hurts. There are much more powerful things we can do than that. Much, much more powerful things. That's not a powerful thing. It almost makes us look like, I don't know, sore losers. We're doing so badly. Maria, our country is no longer respected. No, I wouldn't do that. I'd like to see our, our great athletes go over and win every single medal. When, when uh, this was done by Jimmy Carter, I remember it so well. The athletes were devastated. They were hurt so badly. No, I'd like to see the United States go over, which I think they will, and win all the gold medals and win the silver and the bronze and do great. Do you think that China will take over the Bagram Air Base? Were well, you going to close no, Bagram? No, I was never. So there were six of them. I was going to bomb five and keep Bagram. But the reason I was going to keep it wasn't for Afghanistan. It was because of China. It's one hour away from where they make their nuclear weapons. It has the largest runways and most powerful runways, mean for heavy, They're very powerful, thick, like in some cases, eight feet of concrete. Nobody ever heard of anything like that. We spent billions of dollars building it years ago, long before me, and it's right next to China, and it's right next to where they make their nuclear weapons, and we gave it up in the, in the dark of night. We left the lights on, and we did leave the dogs, by the way. You know, people say, oh, Remember, they said, oh, well, we didn't really. They left the dogs. And the Taliban doesn't like dogs, so you can imagine what happened. But Makes me think of uh, Fauci. Um, Fauci, Anthony Fauci misled the Senate when he said that the NIH did not fund the gain-of-function research. Um, should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question, and I did it right. Because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again, as usual. Um, and I didn't listen to him. If you think about it, he wanted to keep our country open to China, and I closed it. He wanted to keep our country open to Europe, and I closed it. He talked about masks being no good. Well, I'm not a huge mask believer, but I think they have some purpose. And now he's a radical masker. I mean, everything he's done, he's a great promoter. He's a bad pitcher. He was telling me what a great athlete he was. I said, you can't throw a baseball 15 feet. I, I never saw it. That was, other than President Obama, it may be the worst throw I've ever seen to home plate. Uh, no, I think I did the right thing because we would have had a firestorm. Less of a firestorm now if he was fired, because he's been wrong so often. But if you think of it, he wanted to keep our country open to China, Europe, and all these places, and I didn't do it. Right after this, the president takes on Build Back Better, the border crisis, and speculation of a 2024 rematch between President Trump and Hillary Clinton candidates and whether D.C. outsiders are resonating. He began by scrutinizing current GOP Senate leadership. Look, Mitch McConnell's a disaster. The Republicans have to get a new leader. 
Mitch McConnell allowed this to happen. The infrastructure bill, I call it infrastructure, not infrastructure. It's only 9% infrastructure. So that means you take 90%, 91% of the money that we're raising is going to be thrown out the window in order to get 9% infrastructure. There was no way that that should have been passed. Should have been 100% for infrastructure. So what's happening is we had a thing called the debt ceiling. And he could have used that to win everything, and he chose not to. And we have a bigger problem, because they have a so-called voting rights bill, which is a voting rights for Democrats, because Republicans will never be elected again if that happens, if that passes. Let me ask you about all of these people that you've been supporting recently. We're entering the uh, election year, the primaries in March. Um, you've already endorsed several candidates for re-election. What are you looking for? Let's go through some of these contests that are toss-ups. Senator Mark Kelly in Arizona, Senator Raphael Warnock, Georgia, Catherine Cortez Mastro, Nevada, uh, Maggie Hassan, New Hampshire. What, do you, what are your They're thoughts? They're a disaster. They're for open borders. They're for defunding the police. They're for crime. In other words, they're for crime. They're for taking away your Second Amendment. So they want to take away your police and then take away your right to protect yourself. When you think of it, right? These people are a disaster, and they should all lose. And we have some great candidates. And sometimes I'm going a little outside of the box with some, because we have candidates that are not strong. They're rhinos, and they're not strong. They're Mitch McConnell-type guys, and he's a disaster. So we need tougher people. We need people that are going to be able to win for our country. Not win for me, by the way, win for our country. And we have some great candidates. The other day, Hillary Clinton said that if you win again, it is the end of democracy. Will this be a rematch? Oh, I have no idea. I hope so. I mean, I'd like that. But, but look, the woman's crooked as can be. She cheated on the election. They spied on my campaign. Remember I put out that little statement? They're spying on my campaign. And all hell broke out. You know why it broke out? Because they knew I was right. They knew I was right. And all of these things that happened, and we caught him. Let's see what happens now. Let's see what happens to Hunter. Let's see what happens to all of it. Just today, he called Kamala Harris president again. Oh, yes. Do you think someone else is directing him? Well, I never called Mike Pence president. I'll tell you, I, I can't imagine what's going on. It's hard to believe. Who's but running the country? It. Well, think of it. It was so obvious in this case because... 450,000, he was incensed. He was very upset by that question, asked by a very good reporter, actually. But he was very angry at that question. Like, how dare you? What a stupid question, of course. The next morning, he was saying how, yeah, this is something that we think is excellent. That really means, in the truest sense, that he is not running the country. Because there's no way you go from indignation to, oh, that's wonderful. And I hope you had a good interview. What do you think the strategy is around the border? Two million people apprehended this year, 600,000 others getting away. The amount of illicit narcotics coming in is incredible. Fentanyl, we had 100,000 overdoses just yeah. in the last year, hundreds largely due thousands, to fentanyl. Hundreds of thousands, 100,000, but hundreds of thousands of people are dying. You know, if this were a war, and if we lost two, three hundred thousand, because I think that's the real number with drugs, and much of it's coming through the southern border, there's never been a war that anybody lost numbers like this. We're losing 
hundreds of thousands of people a year to drugs. We had it at a level that they haven't seen in years because they couldn't get in. And when, when we have an open border, we're not just talking about the people, as we said. We're talking about the drugs that are coming in, the human trafficking, mostly in women. They traffic in women, children to a much lesser extent. But they, traf they traffic in women. And what they do, they'll put six women in the trunk of a car. I mean, what they do, these are animals. And we had it really largely stopped. It would have been just about stopped. And then these people got into office and they've destroyed it. They're destroying our country. So uh, he, President Trump also talks about, you know, his event with China when he had G over and some other things. It's a good interview. If you could check it out, it's a Maria Bartiroma interview with Donald Trump. You know, a couple of things that Donald Trump mentioned. Um, and I've been saying this last week and this week. We're, the Patriots are winning, but how they win, how we win is not through a lot of these gimmicks and things we saw in January, people exploiting for media attention, things like that. No, it's real policies. And one of the things that's happening, keep your eyes open. All you got to do is look and see what's happening. It's what I do. But defunding the police, Levi, Home Depot, all these big multinational corporations, what ended up happening for them is they ended up um they're 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 backtracking on defund the police which means that they're also which means that they're also turning a their backs on black lives matter and the NFL and co corporations like that are looking pretty stupid right now this whole wokeism thing that started with Kaepernick and Obama this is was a disaster for America. I, I can't even believe it lasted that long. But these things are starting to look so boneheadedly stupid. And they have a shelf life. It's starting to look like yesterday's news. It's starting to look like passive, like out of style, out of touch. And that's where the Democrat Party is right now. But they're backpedaling. The San Francisco mayor said we're going to fund the police. And the corporation said, you know, we were, we're we, we, we believe in, we don't believe in reimagining the, the police anymore. We believe in cracking down on crime. Because I believe that what's happening is they're losing money. But it's not just about the money that they're losing, you know, because they're going to gain a lot too. I always said that they're playing ball with the Democrat Party because the back end for these multinational corporations is they get access to Chinese slave labor markets and uh, distribution channels that make them a lot of money. So it's worth it to them. And I think that was the trade-off. And so what we're seeing is a breakdown in supply chains because nobody thought that through. When COVID, when people started coming back uh, from COVID, so it's almost like they're reimagining COVID to try to cover up the supply chain issue. And when they talk about unemployment, they also have to talk about the fact that there's labor participation rate is 
is at the same place it was since June 2020. So when they talk about all these people getting off of unemployment, what they're not mentioning to you is all these people are actually starving because they no longer have access to unemployment. Now they're going to have to force themselves to get back to work, and there's a lot of help wanted right now because people just won't go back to work, and part of it is because of this fear-mongering. People are afraid to go back to work. Before that, it was that people were not justifying it. They were saying, well, I'm getting free money from the government. If I go back to work, I lose that free money and I have to work for a living. So there's all kinds of little issues. But the defund the police backpedaling was an admission from the Democrat Party that said we were wrong. The Democrat Party was wrong. We know it, but they're waking up to it. A lot of my friends that I know that are Democrats, they have to explain this now. They have to really admit, you know what, we voted for someone who was wrong. And when they start to come to grips with the idea that we were right and they were wrong, they're going to reevaluate and reassess whether or not we were all conspiracy theorists or whether or not Trump was right or wrong. And they're going to have to come to grips with the idea that there was some method to the madness and some wisdom behind what Trump's America First policies were all about. I believe that there's going to be a sea change in American politics. Already, I think that the Democrats' aspirations of importing illegal voters is starting to blow up in their faces because a lot of these Hispanics that are coming over, they don't like Biden. They don't like the Democrat Party. They don't like communism or socialism. They want the American dream, and Donald Trump stands for that American dream. The other thing that we learned last week and into this week is that fentanyl, and you heard Trump talking about it just now, is killing more people than COVID. It passed the threshold where it's killing more people than car accidents, than cancer, than any other disease. The number one killer for the age group of 18 to 45 is fentanyl. Now, the one thing that could stop fentanyl from entering our border is a border wall. And we won't stop the flood of people coming through with backpacks full of fentanyl. We have enough fentanyl to kill everybody in the United States right now coming through the border. And so the idea is that, once again, we were right about closing the border. It's not just about the humanity of uh, migrants and their desire to make more money because they're not politically oppressed. You know, they're not seeking asylum. They're just looking for a better life. But at the expense of middle-class taxpayers because somehow it's a better life when they're on welfare with free medical and free education. That all costs money. And the people paying the most are the middle-class United States workers. But hear me out when I tell you, fentanyl is now the number one killer for Americans 18 to 45. 
It's not COVID, folks. And it never was. So why are we not getting serious about wearing masks or, you know, securing the border? You know, why are we not serious about fentanyl, but we're serious about COVID? Because one has a political agenda about controlling people. One is about vaccine passports migrating or morphing into social credit score systems, which is designed to control you, to control your credit, to control your behavior, to control your speech, to control every aspect of your life, to find out where you've been, where you're going, what you've said, your social credit score system, who your friends are, what your health records are, everything. And you get a score that determines whether or not you're a credit risk. And that credit risk is based on your behavior. Do you support Trump? You lose 20 points. You don't get the car. You don't get the prime uh, video subscription. Whatever. It's all connected, folks. That's why we say no to the COVID vaccine passport mandates. That's why the world is waking up and protesting in the streets. It's absolutely essential that we don't let this happen. And America is the last stand. And we need to take it back. And again, we're seeing this with the Build Back Better collapse. We're seeing with the voter rights collapse. We're seeing it with the corporate corporations basically backpedaling on defunding the police and now wanting to fund the police. And we're seeing it with the fentanyl debacle. It's probably going to create new pressure on building that wall and basically securing our border because it's not even just about fentanyl, but it's about COVID spread and all these other things. You know, Maria Bartiroma also had an interview with DeSantis over the weekend, and uh, I was going to play that. We're running out of time. Um, but uh, what we are going to do is uh, maybe run that clip tomorrow uh, and see if we can get that clip in because it was a really, really good clip too. Uh, good good uh, conversation with DeSantis, the next vice president of the United States and the future president for 28 to 32 and 32 to 36. That's how we take it up, take, up, take, take back our country. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to The Scott Adams Show. And be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapac.org. Find out what we're doing with our 501c3. If you'd like to make a tax-free donation, that's great. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com and for, the, uh, you know, for our latest podcast. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>